When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. Sat beside me always, Blake Harrison. How are you, my friend? I'm good, baby. I'm so good. What a night. And still. And still. And still. <laughs> oh, man. It's so good. I mean, look, I'm a little bit on the tired side because I think we, we yeah. just mentioned before uh, pressing record. We the, the, the fights all finished at like, what, just before midnight or whatever it was. And yeah. then we went back to do the post-fight press conference and all that stuff. Because mm. if you're not keeping up with us on the socials, we put out so much content. This whole week, really, this whole week has been yeah. amazing yeah. Uh, for getting access to to the weigh-ins, to the press conference, yeah. asking questions and all, all that stuff, media days. And mm. then yesterday, actually being there live in and amongst the fans. To our left was Rashad Evans and Gilbert Melendez on the ESPN broadcast. And then over one more step was uh, was Adam Catchwell, Nick Pete, and Tom Aspinall on the BT Sport broadcast. We're all up there. <clears throat> and the atmosphere was incredible, particularly yeah. for the Leon fight. And we were just all in and amongst it. And yeah, it was great. But we didn't get back home until like... Well gone, two a.m. and then uh, yeah. and then it was hard to sleep, wasn't it? Absolutely, I was sat here. I, I just got in, and and for listeners that um, look at the pictures of Blake and I and that, like, I'm going to surprise you. I'm nearly fifty. I know, but I am nearly <laughs> fifty. And like, oh my god! I, and obviously, surprising because they I'll thought you a... were nearly sixty. Is that? Well, <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> no, but like, and I, and I run a, a nightclub, so like Friday nights is always really late. Like, it's a 3 a.m. and it was another 3 a.m. And, like, my old bones were struggling. But then I got into bed and I was just saying to Blake before we pressed record, I was just like, and still, and still, and fucking still. And I was just, like, whipped myself up into a frenzy and just laying there wide-eyed just thinking, wow. And do you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna um, pat us on the back as well because yeah. – uh, and give you a pat on the back as well because, like, this week, you know, you, you, you said that we put lots of content out. We had, but, you know – We've got busy lives and jobs and such, and you know we we done the media day, which was amazing. But you then uh, you went to the um, to the press conference, to the weigh-ins, and like and was filming stuff and getting stuff up. And then like yesterday, you know when we've previously been so lucky to get invited to these events, and every time we do, it's like we seem to sort of 
you get to know more of the faces that are, that are also there with the media and stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's such a lovely atmosphere. Uh, and, and the UFC really do look after us and we feel, you know, so privileged to get these opportunities. And, and then, yeah, in yesterday, it was like we, we, we tried to really up the game and try and put out live, like, sort of content as, we, as the night was going. And, uh, and yeah, so if you're not following us on the socials, then definitely do that. But, uh, but yeah, it just uh, it just felt like it'd been a, a really great week, and you know, you you put something out on on the socials, and and it was a bit of a pinch yourself moment because this really did just start off as, and it's still two fans of the sport just having a yeah. a catch up and a chat about the events, and and the fact that it's enabled us to have these wonderful conversations with like you know, some, you know the best fighters in the world, uh, and leading us to you know these events and being looked after by the ufc and getting to sit with with the media and get access to to, to you know to these places it's it's it's, um, it's magical and it's, it's a proper you know moment and uh and so yeah i just wanted to acknowledge that and, and thank the ufc because uh we had a, a an absolute wonderful time yesterday um but should we just get on with um, breaking down what, what happened? So have you watched it since? We should. I mean, I'm just going to point out, in terms of the fact that you're saying, oh, yeah, we're, we're just fans. We're not like, you know, we're not journalists. We're not ex-fighters, any of that stuff. We're also a little bit unprofessional. And I've just seen in the top of my screen that I've got very little battery and my wife was the last person to use this laptop. And I don't know where the charger is. So uh, we're going to have a really <laughs> squeaky bum time for me over here. At some point, I think you're going to watch me dart off and say, Stu, you're going to have to just wax lyrical on something while I scour the Wonderful. house for the charger. But we've got a bit of time. We're all right for a little bit. Good, but, um, good. I good. have rewatched some of the fights. I literally, because I didn't think we'd be recording this now, um, I was about to have a... Well, it's, oh, it's Mother's Day, isn't it? So we both Day. somehow found <laughs> ourselves with, 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 with our wives have disappeared with the kids. And it's like, oh, we, we've got some time. Should we do the podcast? Let's get it done. So we've literally escaped is to... Is that uh, not what to... Mother's Day is all about? Just mothers spending time with their kids. Exactly, And the mate. dads exactly. getting on with their podcasts. Is that is that <laughs> not what, what it's about? Can we convince ourselves that that's true? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I've been telling myself this morning, mate. Um, but... Yeah, it was it was it was a as they always are at the O2. It was a the atmosphere was absolutely buzzing, um, and we got there and, and we got put in our seats. And where where do we start? Where what was the first? Oh, do you know what? I didn't mention to you. I'll tell you what else I done when I got in last night. I watched the prelims. No, um, you watched the prelims because when it you was, got in at like after. Yeah, and like and I watched the prelims because I knew that uh, they'd been recorded because they. They weren't part of the pay-per-view. So I watched the prelims uh, again when I got in. Um, and I won't say what I really wanted to re-watch, but we'll get on to that when we, when we talk about the fights. But let's start with the fight past prelims. And um, th- one of the photo not... highlights for me. Oh, you want to... Oh, oh hello. You want to start at the top, man. <laughs> come on. Also, I mean, Battery Gate could come in when we get round to the bit everyone wants to hear right. us talk okay. about. we got to go from the and top. Still. And, and still. And still. Still. Oh, I am so, yeah. I mean, I have literally just rewatched, I didn't rewatch round one, but I rewatched particularly two and five because they were the rounds that I was unsure about. When watching it live, I felt like there was definitely a claim for a draw and I wasn't sure. And one, um, one judge did score it as a draw and then two. So it was scored, um, 
48, 46, 48, 46, and 47, 47. Yes. Uh, um, that's a, to be fair, credit to the judges because when watching it live, I felt like those were the only two ways to go. It was either that Leon won four rounds and probably was 10 8 in round three because of the fence grab and the point deduction, or mm-hmm. it was that. Uh, it was a draw because I think two and five were really hard to score live. I really struggled. Yeah. But I found it much easier to score when when watching it on the telly just now when watching it. I think I think round five yeah. in particular to me felt like a really clear Leon round. And uh yeah, that that to me just it kinda of, it kind of fills me with joy because it makes me think that's it now. Indisputably. He's champ. None of this. Yeah. Oh, it was a fluky head kick, or you know, yeah. Kamaru dominated the entire fight, and then Leon did that. No, I almost wonder if, in a way, this is better than if Leon had performed another miraculous knockout, because then yeah. people might say, "Oh, well, Kamaru started getting chinny," or "Oh, he just got you know lucky with a strike." Whatever it was, yeah. which was some of the narrative coming out of the the second fight. But now yep. the fact that Leon had, had, you know, outpointed him, properly outpointed him, the way he nullified all of Usman's wrestling, the way he was landing knees from like, he would go from like jab, hook, knee from like, it's just so speedy. He, he caught Kamara yeah. with a couple of really big knees, jab was on point. The low kicks were fantastic. Some T kicks that are he's, he's a sniper with his shots. Oh. He's a sniper. And because uh, he was moving constantly, because all for the whole fight, Kamara was, Trying to get him against the cage, wasn't he? To, 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 yep. to, to, to get him down, and 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 it must have been very, very exhausting for Leon to constantly be circling, 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 and and I think in the fifth he looked like he was tiring, mm-hmm. um, but it, it just felt like he, it, the knee was in the fifth, wasn't he, for a really huge knee? Am I right? There was a really. I can't remember. Good I've not knee. watched it back. It was round two. Where he threw a really big oh, thing. Okay. But he did it again. It was the theme that happened throughout the thing. Yeah. I think he did it again in maybe round five. But there was a mm. big one in round two that really caught him. But mm. again, you couldn't see it like live. And you didn't even see it immediately on the TV because of the angle that they were at. Yeah. It was only when they went to the replay during... Uh, when they went to the corners after that round that you really saw how big that knee hit. And yeah. Kamaru was a bit rocked by it. Um, but again, yeah. that's another thing. Kamaru's not chinny. Like he took some big shots in that fight and kept coming, yeah. and it just shows you how perfectly timed the head kick was in their second fight, and mm. just how well, how great Leon is now. I mean, he stepped up. He is the man now. There's no dispute in it. He is the man at 170. Um, super gracious in defeat, Kamara Usman. Yes. Um, I, I mean, tough night. You know, to 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 lose that fight, he, he's. It was so hostile in the O2. You know, the minute he walked out, he would just booze. Anytime he he got hold of Leon and well got Leon to the ground, just the whole place was just booing him. Um, and then I, I just thought, like, really, really gracious when he got on the mic. He was very, very humble and very, you know, just the way that he spoke about Leon was wonderful. Um, yeah, just just a class act uh, is Kamara Usman, and I see a wonderful uh, bit of footage as well um, of of Leon once he got the the belts walking across to see 
um, Kamara's team and like Trevor Whitman like literally puts his arms around him and pulls him in and like yeah. hugs him and so you can tell he's smiling and he's like no and you think that's just a class set up that yeah and uh, but uh, I, I think Justin was a little bit more uh, unhappy with the, some of the commentary uh, which uh, which maybe we'll get to when we talk about post fight but I guess that the, the big thing that we took from post fight conference um, was the fact that you know people were asking Dana um, first of all, like, what was next for Leon? Uh, he seemed to say with a lot of confidence, Colby Covington, um, who was obviously there last night. There was some, you know, there was some footage of it, and I think DC alluded to it in the, the post-fight um, interview with with Leon. Um, and, and, and it seemed like a sort of done deal, really. Yeah. And then when Leon, when Leon come out, he did not seem like he was up for that. He was like, that guy's not earned his shot, you know? Where, where's he been? He's not been injured. He's just been sitting out. And why does he come back in and get a get a shot? I, I think, because remind me if that was the, one of the things that you asked him in the uh, post-fight. I get the feeling he'd much rather earn some money against Masvidal because he doesn't like Masvidal, does he? No. And, I mean, it, the Masvidal, look... Oh. It's true. I don't think not, neither. Ma- if Masvidal beats Gilbert Burns, he still doesn't really deserve a title shot. But he will technically yeah. be ranked third because Burns is, is third, I believe. Yeah. Colby Covington doesn't deserve a title shot because he's just sat out for the last year, and his last win was Masvidal a year ago. Before that, he lost to Usman. Yeah. Um. So I don't think any of them really deserve a title shot. Uh. Poor old Bilal Mohammed. Apparently now he's fighting Shavkat Rachmanov. So you, oh, me you, Jesus hell. Poor old Bilal Mohammed. I mean that is that is out of order, isn't it? I mean that's just. I mean if he beats Shavkat, come on. I mean, do you know what happened? Leon gets a bit of luck and he has to pass Dan the run of bad luck of just not getting a shot, and he's handed that baton to Bilal Mohammed, who just seems to be the forgotten man of of, of, of the division. 100%. I mean, Leon Edwards was, was unbeaten for like something like 12 fights or nine fights. I don't know. It was crazy the amount of fights that I, mean, I know he had the eye poke no contest with Bilal, mm. but he was on some unbelievable win streak. I mean, Bilal yeah. Mohammed now, I'm just checking him out. One, two, three, four. Then obviously the Edwards no contest. And to be fair, I do think Edwards would have beat him. Uh, it looked that way. Mm. The, the eye poke happened in round two. Round one was very one-sided for, for Leon, from what I remember. So he's on a four-fight win streak at the moment, beating top guys like Maya, Thompson, Luke, Brady. Before that, he'd won four in a row again. <laughs> you know, this, this guy is unbeaten, technically unbeaten in nine fights, including the Edwards no contest. And he is yeah. still now having to fight behind him in the rankings against an killer. absolute killer in Shavkat Rachmanov, looking at what he did to Jeff Neal. But we are slightly yeah. um, getting off topic. Deviating. We, we, we feel sorry for Bilal. It, is, it really yeah. sucks for Bilal. But Colby Covington... Ugh, I mean, he got. Uh, there was a lot of interest in him when he weighed in unexpectedly. We were there at the weigh-ins, or I was there at mm. the weigh-ins, and uh, all of a sudden, Colby comes out. And there'd been a couple of little rumours, but nothing officially said. And then all, all of a sudden, you know, social media and everyone was abuzz with the fact that Colby Covington yeah. was there as the stand-in uh, fighter, as the backup fighter for the main event. 
he got a big pop when he walked out to the London crowd as well. The London crowd. Well, you went, you went, Connor's here, I think. And yeah. like, because there was a big roar and it was like, oh, he, I, he's Connor here. Yeah, I saw a flashy suit. that was a rumour, wasn't it? I saw a flashy suit and we all know that Connor probably weighs about 200 pounds at the moment. So uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I thought, oh, that must be Connor. And then now I heard Colby, Colby. I was like, oh God, it's, it's, it's Colby. I didn't expect him to get that much of a a reception, yeah. a positive reception from the, uh, the UK fan base. But there you go. Um yeah, it's an undeserved fight. I think the winner of Bilal... Bilal should be getting the shot, I think. Um, the winner of Bilal Shavkat definitely should be getting the shot. But it looks like it's going to be um, be Colby Covington. But the, the real disappointing thing is, as you say, is there's a baked-in storyline for Jorge Masvidal. Mm. Is it meritocratic? Does he deserve it? No. But is he a bigger pay-per-view star than Colby Covington? I'd say yes. I think more people will pay oh. to see Jorge Masvidal than Colby Covington. So the money is there more for Jorge. Yes, he's got to get past Gilbert Burns, and I don't think he will get past Gilbert Burns. I think Burns will win that fight. But let's just say that he does win it. The pay-per-view side of things, it's better if they go with Masvidal. Storyline-wise, it's better if they go with Masvidal. For Leon Edwards, Masvidal's probably an easier fight. It's also a more exciting fight because I think Colby will just try and cardio wrestle the hell out of, of uh, Leon and do the kind of almost like a Marab Devalish Vili game plan of like, even yeah. if I don't get the takedowns because Leon's takedown defense is just so brilliant now. Um, yeah. Even if he doesn't get them, he can just pop him against the fence, couple of strikes back to the takedown, couple of strikes back to the takedown. And it just means that Leon can't get much off. That's a possibility that could happen in that fight. Um, and so it's, it's more exciting fight if it's Masvidal. So I just don't see in what world Col- Colby has earned this shot. In what world yeah. it's a great fight to make. There's no storyline there. There's there's a tiny bit of beef, but only because Colby has beef with everyone. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't get it as a choice. Um, I would say wait until the Masvidal fight happens. If Burns mm. wins... Then you choose between Bilal, Burns, and uh, and uh, and Colby. And out of those, I'd say yes, Colby is the biggest star out of all those names. So maybe then he does slip into it. I don't know, but it's certainly not fair. And if you're Bilal Mohammed, you feel hard done by. What's next for Usman? Well, uh... he, he you know he said that he's 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 still going. You know, he's, yeah. he he alluded to you know, I know, you know lots lots of pundits leading up to this was talking about his age and um, he he showed no signs of of and, and let's 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 have it right. He, he still looked great last night. Yeah, you know he, he you know he he looked like a a, a champ. Hundred percent. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think. Um... Uh, one thing I did just want to say is a lot of people might be thinking, why haven't they mentioned Hamzat Shemaev? Hamzat Shemaev is ranked, uh, is actually ranked third at the moment. Burns is ranked fifth mm-hmm. at, at the moment currently in, in the, the, the rankings. But the rumor is, is that Hamzat is, uh, is going to go up to, to middleweight. Nothing has been yeah. official yet, but Hamzat apparently is going to go up to middleweight. Dana, I think, has said it- that. Um, and you can't give Hamzat a title shot at the moment. He weighed in at like eight pounds over when he last tried to make welterweight against Nate Diaz, and it yeah. completely messed the entire card up. He has to make weight and get a win at welterweight before he can fight for a belt now because you can't pin a whole card on Hamzat Shemaev because he, he can't make the weight at welterweight um, with confidence. 
So, yeah, you absolutely. know, he has to prove it again first and then do that. Or he just moves up to welterweight. So that's why we haven't mentioned Hamzat in that welterweight title picture discussion. But back to Usman. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I don't think he fights Leon ever again. So if Leon remains the champ, then that's no title shot for him there. He's already beat Colby twice. As much yeah. as he could say, well, I deserve a shot if Colby beats Leon and Usman beats, say, I don't know, a Shavkat, a Burns again, a, a Muhammad, then sure, he he could say that he deserves another fight against Colby because he's beat him twice. And, and those fights are always fun. They're always fantastic fights. So that makes sense. I mean, personally, though, I just think he's getting older. Um, what, what, what has he got left to do at welterweight? He's clearly the second best welterweight to ever have been in the UFC behind GSP. There's no, Tyron Woodley. No, it's, it's, it's Kamaru Usman. He is officially, in my opinion, the second best welterweight to ever set foot in the octagon. So, I won't argue with that. No. So, I mean, size-wise, would he be a bit small? Yes. But I'd like to see him try and just improve the legacy that is the, the Usman in the UFC legacy and pop up to middleweight and just see how he can go. I mean, he'll only be one fight away. Because he'd fight someone surely in the top five at middleweight as his first fight as a middleweight. Mm. He's such a big name. He can take some time, put on some size. I mean, he's not—he's ripped to hell. He's not small, but compared to a Marvin Vittori, uh, uh, obviously an Alex Pereira, he would look small, I think. Maybe even a Drickus Duplessis. But if you gave me odds now on Usman versus Drickus, Paolo Costa, Jared Cannonier. Maybe even Alex Pereira a little bit. Let's take Alex out of the equation for now, just in case. But you gave me him against Cannonier, Costa, Duplessis, Strickland, Derek Brunson. I'm looking down the rankings. I would pick Usman to win. I'd, I'd have him as a favorite in all those fights. I think his wrestling is still brilliant, even though he's not as quick as he was uh, and he is getting older. I think he's still a good wrestler. I think Leon's takedown defense technique-wise is just brilliant. Um how does he do against a Robert Whittaker or a Marvin Vittori because of uh, just the skills of Whittaker or the size of Vittori? I don't know. But Alex Pereira has a huge hole in his game. And if um, Usman can pop up and get a win against, say, a top five middleweight and Alex Pereira beats Adesanya again, there is no reason why you can't throw Usman straight into a title shot after he wins against a top five guy. And that yeah. is interesting because as much as yeah. Pereira will dwarf him, Usman's wrestling, I don't think Pereira would have much of an answer for. Pereira's just got to catch him and put him to sleep, which he may very well be able to do. But I certainly think mm. it's interesting. And that, that as a fan, would be more exciting for me than Usman sticking around at welterweight, beating again some of the people he did and, or, or, or any of that stuff. And, and also, it might be slightly sad to see him fighting some of the guys lower ranked at welterweight and starting to get beat because, you know, he's peaked and he's coming downhill now. I'd rather him go up to middleweight and just just see if he can put another kind of notch on the legacy, as it were. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to um, what, I, you know, I, I think we all thought was going to be uh, the, 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 the fight of fireworks, which was Justin Gaethje and Rafael Fiziev. Um I thought it was... A good fight, but I didn't think it was what it, it, and it didn't disappoint me. But I thought 
it might be a little more wild. And it was it was constant exchanges. Um, Gaethje seemed, I thought, a little bit more. And I know we've seen him, you know, evolve a little bit over over, over recent years, where he's not just like bite down on a gum shield and just go insane. Like um, he, he's a bit more measured now. But yeah, it was. Um, I mean, obviously, he got the decision that was twenty nine, twenty eight, twenty nine, twenty eight, twenty eight, twenty eight. Um, and there was a little bit of confusion on my right when um, Bruce read that out. Did he? Am I right in saying this? Was this was the fight that he got the figures ran the wrong He's, way? Wasn't he it? said it a bit wrong? Yeah, I think what it should have been. I can pull it up now. I think. Did he say Gaethje first? Yeah, he went. He, he was he reading say... it like it was gonna be a split decision. He was like twenty nine, yeah, 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 Gaethje, and then twenty nine, twenty eight. And 28-28 for the winner by majority decision, which obviously didn't quite make any sense. Yeah. And actually, uh, what he should have said, I think, was, I don't know, 29-28, 29-28, and 28-28, the winner, Justin Gaethje, by majority decision. Yeah. Um, but he did say it in a weird way. You could even see on Justin's face, he was yeah. like, oh, what's happening here? This makes no sense. Um, but regardless of that... Um, this was one of the ones where um, re- have you rewatched this? Rewatching it on the telly gave me a new perspective on it because watching right, it live. So that. where we were, we weren't cage side. Hmm. Oh, I've already mentioned this, haven't I? That we were a bit further back, uh, but where yeah. we, where we were at, there were you know if the fighters were in specific areas of the cage, there were cameramen or whatever up on the cage that you know we we couldn't see through, and yeah. there was. Uh, a broadcast team like a couple of rows in front of us that had m- little monitors and we could just about mm. see a little bit on the monitors when that happened and, and see what happened and so scoring it live wasn't always the easiest yeah and there's a couple of fights on here where live I scored it one way and watching it back on the telly I rethought what I what I'd scored it as and this is one of those fights so live oh, all right. live I had it a close round one but I lent Fiziev uh, I thought round two Gaethje had some moments, but Fiziev won round two. And then round three was the clearest round of all of them where Gaethje just started to really, you know, put his leather on uh, on uh, on Raphael Fiziev. And, yeah. Um, yeah, that was the clearest round for me. But I did score it live technically for Fiziev because, as we all know, you, you don't score it as a fight overall just because Gaethje mm. was the most dominant fighter Overall, that doesn't matter. You mm. score it in five, uh, se- three separate five-minute intervals. Round one, I just about gave it to Fazeev. Round two, I just about gave it to Fazeev. And round three, to Gaethje. But watching it on the telly, I changed my mind. I still went round one, Fazeev. Round two, I found that, that Gaethje actually, I thought, run one round two when watching it on the telly. And then, uh, and then round three, as I say, that was the clearest one where you knew Gaethje won that round. He really put some damage on Fazeev. I opened up cuts around his eye. Great with the jab, some hooks, uh, some of the leg kicks creeping in there as well. But as you say, it, it wasn't the carnage that we all thought it was going to be. It was a far more technical yeah. fight, particularly in rounds one and two. And then uh, and Gaethje came out on top. So I actually feel like the judges got this one right. Okay. Okay. What were your, um, what were your thoughts? Did you have any um, thoughts on like I, the scoring I, of it or anything? Obviously, I'm assuming you haven't well, watched it back. I haven't, no. But I, I remember feeling like um, Fiziev Mav took the first two rounds. Um, but you, obviously, Justin, uh, the, the 
the damage was, was was quite apparent. I mean, we couldn't see it sort of too close up, but he looked like there was a lot of blood on the face of Raphael Fiziev around his eye. Um, and, 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 and it's hard because you kind of get pulled into the emotion of the event as well because the British crowd love Justin Gaethje yeah. and like every every single thing he threw. And there was a few things he threw that literally could have knocked out someone at the back of the O2. It was some wild swings yeah. at times. And uh, and so when the crowd just reacts to everything, you you, you, you can't help but be affected by it. Um, you just think, oh, yes, yes, the crowd's roared again. Like, you know, Justin's doing this, Justin's doing But I, I, I think, like, for the first sort of couple of rounds, I just, I really like, look, like, I, I think uh, Fiziev's probably the best Muay Thai fighter in, in, in the UFC. Yep. Uh, and his precision's fantastic. And, and yeah, and I don't know, maybe as the as the fight carried on, Justin's experience at fighting in arenas at such high level with such such pressure, you know, maybe that his experience shone through a little bit. Yeah. Um yeah. but uh but yeah, I'm not mad at it. I'm a big Justin Gaethje fan and oh, yeah, uh, but I'm a big sure. Fizier fan as well. So um yeah, absolutely. So, and I don't think Fiziev's stocks dropped much. I mean, he's still young. No, he's not He's ranked six. He's come off a loss. He might have to fight someone behind him. And, and lightweight is a shark tank. There's so much hmm. top quality guys up and down the lightweight division. So it's not going to be easy, but I, I think he's going to be a fun fighter that we're going to watch for a long time. I think you were about to start talking about the press conference. And I'm going to use this moment to uh, leave you in the shit uh, to talk a little bit about a press conference while I try and Well, I'm going to I'm going to move on to... I'll, I'll touch on Gunner as well. I'll get the, the, the wheels rolling right. on that while you I'll go and uh, have a panic <laughs> panic run. <clears throat> um, yeah, so do, do you know what, right? I, I'm going to take this opportunity now while he does that. Um, it's really weird because like, now we we found ourselves in this, as much as we're the, the MMA fan podcast and we're fans, when we, you kind of find yourself in like the media environment where we're there under that capacity, there's this etiquette that you don't, you know, ask for selfies and, and stuff like that. Man, on that media day, we come out from uh, one of the press conferences and I was just standing, I looked and I thought, oh, that's Trevor Whitman standing next. Holy shit, that's Justin Gaethje standing next to me. And the fan in me just wants to go, please, can I have a picture with Justin Gaethje? And where we were sitting, I know Blake touched on it, but I looked over and literally about a metre to my right in this other booth was... Um, Richard and Gilbert Melendez. Now, Diego Sanchez, Gilbert Melendez, he's my favourite fight of all time. And I fucking love Gilbert Melendez. And I just thought, I can't do it. I can't just go kiss a photo, mate. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's crazy. And, and, the, and the press conferences, you know, having these people just strolling and standing around near you, you just think... Oh my God! These are the people that like we started this podcast for because we're such huge fans of these people. But yeah, we now have to be like kind of uh, very professional with it. But Justin came out, um, and and, and I'll, I'll get Blake's opinion on it. But he, somebody in the audience asked what he made of um, the Edwards uh, Usman decision, and one of the things that. Uh, Justin seemed very uh, unhappy about was uh, the commentary uh, from Bispin, um, which uh, I've not heard, but Blake has obviously rewatched. So I'm intrigued to know uh, how one-sided or how, how, 
at what that was. Um, have, have you heard much of what I've been saying, Blake? Is your Wi-Fi? Uh, no, I um, I basically just caught you right at the end there because I didn't have my headphones on because they would have disconnected right. as I ran around the house trying to find uh, this charger that was put in a very random place. Oh, I sidetracked just about the the fact that you know being there in a media capacity means that the fanboys we are we don't you know you, you, the etiquette is not to approach people for photographs and things like that. And it's like when you're at these media days and you're standing there with Justin Gaethje there, it's like Jesus Christ, this is crazy. Well, anyway, former, but former guest said, of the show Michael Bisping came up to us uh, at the uh, official weigh-ins. It was like, "Hi guys, how are you doing?" Like, shook my hand and everything. It was really really nice. And I was like, "Oh, it was so, thanks so much for coming on the show." He's like, "Oh yeah, anytime, anytime." and he was about to do like they did like a live stream for the official weigh-ins probably for BT Sport with uh, Adam and Nick Um, and uh, there is a part of me that's like oh can we get a quick photo but like I didn't say it because again you want to keep that air professionalism because Every time there was walkout music or, or good music being played, Rashad was standing next to us, just grooving away, yeah, wasn't he? He, was he really was getting his dance on. And then the other side of that was uh, the, the, the fight this side was lads, Adam and um, Nick uh, and, 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 and Tommy Aspinall. And uh, at one point, you sent Nick a text, didn't you, saying, look over here. And, uh, Why had you just and got their attention, actually? Yeah. And, like, and they're all waving. And you got your camera, like, kiss a smile. And... Uh, and they're all looking like uh, really happy and, and smiling. <laughs> Big Tommy Aspinall just lent in, didn't oh. he? R- very tight pink shirt and just ripped the muscles, didn't he? Just, he just showed us the guns. That man <laughs> is looking fit as a fiddle. He's looking hot. Mate. Uh, Tommy Aspinall. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me, now you've listened, you've watched it back, um, was there any a- a- anything in what Gaethje was saying about... Um, you know, Bisping's commentary on the uh, Usman Edwards fight. Um, I watched it in a bit of a a, a rush, if I'm honest, and I, there was nothing that massively attacked. Maybe in round one or two, and he was because there was even a moment where. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. He, um, 
I can't remember exactly what it was because I watched it in such a like fast paced kind of just tried to watch it sure. and then just ran in here and made a couple of notes on on how I was scoring it and I was probably focusing more on the action than the than than what the commentators were saying. Um, but Bisping even stopped himself halfway through a sentence uh, as DC was correcting him on something. And he was like, yeah, I know. That's why I stopped myself halfway through. So he was clearly saying things sort of in Leon's favor or not maybe giving Usman the credit he deserved potentially. But I think Justin's yeah. comments about like, he never should have been let near a microphone. I think were a bit over the top and maybe a bit harsh. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I, I I don't think that's necessarily a fair reflection of of Bisping's commentary, um, but okay. there you go. I mean, who cares? It is what it is now. Well, look, we're over the half half hour mark, and we have got a lot of fights to get through. So, sh- should we move on? Well, we can do. I, I think it's worth just mentioning if you haven't already. What could what, be next for what, Gaethje? What Gaethje said in the press conference that you know. He basically said, I've fought a guy ranked behind me. And let's give Gaethje so much credit for that. Lightweight are just filled with all these fighters that only want to fight people around them. They never fight anyone that's ranked too far behind them. You know, I'm looking at the likes of um, Poirier, uh, Michael Chandler, you know, maybe now Charles Oliveira, you could say as well. You know, that's why it took like Islam Makachev so long to get to a title shot is because this kind of cluster at the top of the division are so desperate to hang on to their high Got like a stronghold on it, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, they don't want to fight. Benil Darius, Dustin Poirier has even said he doesn't even want to fight Benil Darius. And Darius is ranked fourth and he's on an absolute tear. So I know you kind of don't want to, but I think it's something to do with maybe... The Connor money for, for Poirier and stuff like that. Like, what, why is he going to be excited about fighting Benil Dariush, even though that should really be like a number one contender fight? But now you've got Dariush fighting Oliveira. Gaethje believes that he could fight the loser of that fight because he, think he thinks the winner... says he doesn't want it to be uh, Dariush, though. He said he loves that guy. Yeah. So he doesn't want to fight him. No, I think they're, but they're will. mates. I think he will. Gaethje, yeah. I think, will fight anyone, man. I, um, yeah. But... Uh, but yeah, he doesn't want to fight Benil. They get on very well. Poirier is the fight that makes sense. And I think that's the fight he wants yeah. to get that win back. Does Poirier want to rematch him, have a, rematch him after having beat him before? I don't know, but certainly... I, I think po- Poirier gets a win over Gaethje, middle of the year, and then end of the year, fights for the title, wins oh, the belt. Oh, God. Uh, we're very fortunate to have had new social media followers over this last week because of content we've been putting out. And we've had some new uh, subscribers on the YouTube channel as well. Maybe some more listeners if you're listening to this on the podcast and you haven't really listened to us before. Please go and check out, and I keep saying this now, our predictions episode. At the start of the year, we did predictions for who we think will be champions at the end of the year. And Stu won't let go of the fact that his crazy prediction, or what I thought was a really crazy prediction, that at the end of the year, Dustin Poirier is the lightweight champion of the world, which I just can't see in any way. I still don't see why you think it's so shocking and crazy. How is Poirier going to beat Makachev? I just don't, I don't see it. I think Makachev would be a huge favourite in that fight. I just don't see Poirier beating him. Also, just to point out, you did say that you thought Volk would beat Makachev and then Poirier would beat Volk. So, you you know, it's not going that well for you, although you are still in the running. But, um, but yeah, go and check that out because we made predictions and you can follow along our predictions for the year. Maybe send yeah. us some of your own. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's a bit of fun. But, um, yeah, Absolutely. Poirier Gaethje, I think, is probably the fight to make. It makes a lot of sense. I don't know where Poirier is. He's not got a fight booked as far as I'm aware. Nothing's going on. 
So, yeah, that, that makes an awful lot of sense. And then I'm hoping for a Dariush win against Oliveira. And that means that Dariush, finally, another one like Bilal Mohamed, like Leon Edwards previously, struggling to get a title shot when he really does deserve it. So, uh, yeah, I think that's the way to go, whether it actually happens or not. I don't know, because even Dana White said, when I asked him a question about, about Gaethje, and we put that on the socials as well, that he believes Gaethje's in a strange position now. He's in an odd spot. Yeah. He doesn't really know what to do with him. So that's yeah. not great listening for Justin Gaethje, but we'll have to see what, what happens. It wasn't easy listening for Dana White as well. You had to say it twice and he needed an interpreter to uh, to understand what you was banging on about. Come on. My, I mean, of all the accents in that room, mine was pretty clear, wasn't it, for Dana White, an English-speaking guy? I thought so. What was really funny uh, was there was a guy that um, was, uh, I don't know if he was like Italian or Spanish, um, and he he said something, and Dana White made a thing about like I really haven't got a clue, and even my interpreter doesn't quite understand what you're saying. Uh, and the guy said it again. It was all in jest. It was all very nice. Uh, but then right at the end of it, once the questions were all done and they kind of muddled through it all, uh, the the poor journalist guy went, "Oh, and sorry about my accent." And Dana White went, "What did he say?" And everyone just cracked up laughing. It's like, how do you say what did he say to someone saying sorry about my accent? Um, so yeah, it was a bit of a weird, weird night for that. But um, yeah, I don't know. okay. Yeah, go on. Let's move on. Let's move on because uh, we, we can talk about the uh, uh, our uh, Icelandic adopted son uh, in the UK, which is uh, Gunnar Nelson uh, versus uh, the, the the man in the dungarees uh, and no top, Brian Barbarina. Um, great to get the big uh, Icelandic clap. Um, as, uh, as, yes. as 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 the fight started, um, and I'll, I'll be honest, um, I'm surprised that fight was positioned where it was, um, so high up on the card. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think uh, Gunners. Um, I don't know. I, I certainly would have put um, the the uh, maybe the Vittori fight above that. Yeah, but. Um, but but yeah, but I I think it's probably because if you look at that um, the main card, there's literally only one English fighter on that card, uh, and that's obviously um, Leon. And yes, we've Casey O'Neill was on there, which is sort of Australian Scottish. But mm-hmm. um, and I think maybe they just thought, right, well look, that the British fans love Gunnar um, just through that kind of historic association with Connor and stuff. Um, and yeah, and and do you know what he looked. Fantastic. Um, armbar submission in the first round. I don't know what's left for, for Gunner moving forward. I don't see that he's going to, you know, get a title run at any given point. Um, Brian Barberina, you know, I, I think will sort of maintain his position where, where he is and kind of, you know, fight fun fights. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't see the division being you know, too worried about Gunnar Nelson at the moment. No, I mean, look, he's an elite level grappler. You've got to take him very seriously. Yep. But ultimately, I mean, I mean, his, his last losses, you're looking at Gilbert Burns, Leon Edwards and Santiago Ponzinibbio before Ponzinibbio had that horrible um, uh, blood disease that, that nearly killed him. Yep. So before he kind of came back and at that time, back in 2017, he was on an absolute tear. So Gunner only loses to really good guys. Really, yeah. really good guys. So, yeah, I, I can see him potentially getting a ranked opponent at some point. But I think Gunner himself 
he's more interested in coaching now than he is. That's what he said, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, he's, media day, yeah. he's fighting when he wants to fight, but his his passion is the coaching yeah. now. So I don't think he's that bothered about making any kind of yeah. title run or run into the top five or anything. Yeah. I think he'll take the fights as they come. And Brian Barberina, as you say, he's one of those game guys that's just like. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he took this fight on like a week's notice or something, wasn't it? So, yeah, um, yeah, I think that's the type of guy he is. He'll just have fun fights. He'll win some, he'll lose some, and he'll just cash his checks. Absolutely. Gunnar Nelson looks really fucking cool at the moment. Like, I think now he's he, he shaved the head and got the moustache. It's a really strong it's look for him. Strong like, look. Absolutely. Okay. Um, maybe one of the more surprising... Um, uh, surprises of the night, really. Um, I think both you and I thought Casey O'Neill was going to yes. um, go to work on Jennifer Meyer um, in the women's flyaway and uh, proved to uh, not be the case. I mean, one of the uh, judges giving it 30-27, um, yeah. the other two 29-28, 29-28. Um, uh, big night for Jennifer Meyer. Yeah, I, I scored it 29-28. I thought O'Neill did enough to win the first round. But then after that, I think mm. Maya took over and was, was winning the exchanges. Um, I mean, Maya's yeah. a former title challenger. She's very, very good. And mm. the flyweight division is quickly really improving loads. A little while ago, I think flyweight mm. was like this weird division where Valentina Shevchenko was so much better than everyone else. And then everyone else is just like, yeah, whatever. Now I think we are yeah. seeing really, really top fighters in that division. Erin uh, Blanchfield uh, in mm. particular, and now Alexa Grasso as well. Um, I put Casey O'Neill in my head up with the Erin Blanchfields and the uh, Alexa Grasso's, this kind Same. of new wave of flyweight talent coming through. But the thing is, I don't think she had a, a fight for a little while. She, she was out injured, so it, it, was she back at 100%? I don't know. I, I think she probably was. She probably just got beat by the better woman on the night. But, uh, sure. yeah, I think that... Um, that, yeah, it was just it's just one of those things. It was it was it was a shame, but I think uh, or a shame for for British MMA fans. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, she's only had ten pro fights, and Jennifer Myers had thirty one pro fights. Yeah. So you know, I mean, she's still it's young. a big learning curve for Casey O'Neill, and she'll she'll learn from that, and and will come back bigger, stronger, faster, fitter. She's twenty five years old. She's got a long way yeah. to go, and this could actually be a blessing in the sky. Sometimes you've got to lose one to improve more and, and, and take bigger strides forward. So, you know, she hadn't fought for uh, uh, about 13 months or something. So, you know, the, the, these things happen and hopefully get back to the drawing board and she'll get back in the wing column very soon. Right. So this is the fight um, I'm pleased that you've rewatched because um, we're talking about Marvin Vittori versus Roman Delizze. And um, as a specimen... Marvin Vittori on them scales looked incredible, mm -hmm. looked like terrifying. Yeah. Um, and uh, the British fans clearly liked him. Um, uh, and I thought this was quite a dull fight. Um, it didn't seem to, again, and, I, and I've not rewatched it, I'm watching it from, you know, as you said, uh, you know, a, a strange position where we're also trying to kind of stay on top of the socials and do, you know, the yeah. design and bits and bobs and stuff like that. So, you know, you, you're trying to sort of capture as much of the the, the, the fight as you can, but um, there's multiple distractions. And and I found myself probably being easily 
more easily distracted during this. It felt for something I was really looking forward to. I'm a big Marvin Vittori fan. Um, I don't know. I, I, I thought he, he 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 looked a little bit sort of laboured in his, his striking. T- tell me some more now you've rewatched it. Because I should say that, um, obviously, uh, Vittori gets the decision 29-28, 29-28, 30 and the place erupted in booze, didn't they? Yeah, and... I mean, I would never boo a decision I don't like. I think that's too disrespectful to the fighters because uh, it's not their fault. If the judges have potentially got it wrong, they're still putting their health on the line and, and they've they've made sacrifices to be there. So I don't agree with, with booing in any uh, way for that kind of stuff. But at, in the arena, I did agree that they got it wrong. I felt like the leads they had done enough. I thought he clearly won round one. And then I think I thought he won round three maybe as well. Um, and yeah, that, that, those were my thoughts watching it live. And I, I was very surprised uh, to hear Vittori's name read out as the winner. However, having watched it back on the telly, one of the things from our position that you can't always see is when shots are bouncing off the gloves rather than bouncing off someone's head. And I think a lot of the arena can't quite see that because you're watching from such a distance. It's very difficult to see uh, how much a shot has glanced or connected cleanly uh, and what's hit the gloves and what hasn't. And the most egregious uh, part of the scorecard is the 30-27 Vittori. There's no way, in my opinion, you can give Vittori round one. The Leeds A1 round one, I think pretty clearly. However. Looking back on it on the telly, I think Vittori landed the cleaner shots in two and in three. And Delize was swinging with power, but a lot of them were either being slipped or, or hitting the gloves and stuff like that. I mean, he connected with a few of them, don't get me wrong. But I think overall, uh, Vittori landed more uh, and better strikes than Delize did. So I gave him in the end round two and three. So I've actually changed my mind that I think Vittori by decision was the right decision, but not a 30-27 scorecard. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I want to move on uh, to the prelims now um, and friend of the show and just one of the nicest guys I think we've, we've ever met in MMA, which is uh, Jack Shaw. Yes. Um, and Jack Shaw was fighting um, Macram uh, Amakani, who's always uh, a game fighter for a round. Um, and he does gas, and doesn't was, he? He does gas. And it was the, it was the case last night. He he, uh, arguably, do you think he won the first round? It was it was pretty pretty close. So Macram, um, uh, yeah, I think Amakani yeah. again watching it live. I think I gave Amakani round one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then. Yeah, Jack come out in the second round, and you can see how good Jack's boxing is. It's yeah. it's so high level. Um, a couple of nice head kicks then, in there as well, I think. A- absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and if I'm right, I do believe um, Richard Shaw was, was calling for them as well. Yeah. Um, I think um, in 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 the in between the rounds, he was um, saying about throwing them. Um, and then yeah, just just gets that rear naked choke locked in and uh, and and takes the win early on. Um, uh, in, in round two, and just, just great, great to see. Obviously, the last time um, Jack made the walk into uh, the O2, um, he didn't come out with the result he wanted. Has moved up to featherweight, seems far more comfortable there. Um, and just the beautiful post-fight um, 
speech that he, he went being interviewed by DC and DC was trying to sort of rain credit on Jack Shaw. Uh, and Jack Shaw was just saying that, you know, the real fighter was his dad that, um, yeah. had, 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 you know, got diagnosed with cancer last year. And, 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 you know, am I right in saying, um, Richard had, had got the all clear, um, <laughs> I, I, am, I, am I right? I, I haven't watched the prelims. I've only watched the main card back. Right. I'm, I, um, I, I, and live, I'm, I'm sure obviously, that... there was loads going on and we were trying to put stuff out on the socials yeah. all the time and everything. So it wasn't always easy to uh, to keep yeah. up with what was being said in the cage after the fights. I'm not, I'm, I'm hoping that is the case and I think it might I, I'm be sure the case. I'm sure it is. Um, I, it, I'm sure it is. But yeah, and, it was te- and... definitely a very moving moment. Absolutely. You know, the camera moved to... to uh... To, uh, to Richard and you know it was all better it was a very emotional moment and you know you can see you know from any fighters that we've spoke to from from Brett Johns um to um Oban Elliott that 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 that, that trained there um uh with, with Richard like there's a family in there isn't it and and it, and do you know what everybody that seems to come out there are just good people just just really nice people and I think that starts at the top and moves down and uh, and yeah, so all the best to to Richard Shaw and absolute props to Jack Shaw um, getting a, a second round win uh, and hopefully the start of a, a tear of featherweight. Um, the next fight on there was Omar Morales versus um, Scotland's Chris Duncan. Um, have, you haven't rewatched this, have you? No, I've not watched any of the prelims, just the main card. Yeah, uh, Scotland's Chris Duncan gets the decision. Um, it was a split, and I, I've got to be honest. Um, I, I, I think the sort of leading up to this, there was so much excitement around uh, Chris Duncan and, and and this fight, and I didn't think it was the fireworks that I was expecting. Um, no. But, you know... No, he's, he's, he's got off to a win on his debut, which is a really yeah. important thing for your confidence and all that stuff. Uh, and he got three rounds in the bag as well in his UFC debut. So, yeah. you know, that's all good. It's all good experience. But did, was it a performance that lit the world on fire? No. Uh, that's just, that's yeah. just the fact. But obviously, we're hoping that Chris Duncan keeps uh, <clears throat> getting better and better and getting more opportunities. Absolutely. And, you know, starts getting in those big performances again. That's That's... Yeah, that's what we're hoping absolutely. Um, uh, Try and get him on the show as well. Yeah, like, I mean, always keen to get the Brits on. Another debut that was slightly disappointing was Christian Leroy Duncan, but not through his own fault, but because Todorovic during a clinch, his, his knee just went. I don't know what was going on there. I thought Christian Leroy Duncan was looking good. There's a lot of hype around him. He's a bit of a highlight reel. He's got a lot of knockout finishes. Um, mm. And I think we're all expecting to... Have you know this really interesting first fight? Can he play with the big boys? Sadorovich has had six UFC fights. You know he's he's not just a debuting mm. guy or someone from another organization or anything. You know this is a guy that is you know three and three. He's, he's a guy that's been in the UFC yeah. a while. And you kind of thought, oh, is Christian gonna falter here or is he gonna get one of those big highlight finishes again? And it was neither. It was just yeah. this really unfortunate moment. Obviously, we hope Sadorovich. Um, uh, recovers quickly. I don't know what the problem was exactly, but uh, it's a bit of a shame for Christian Leroy Duncan because I'd imagine he sort of feels like. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. He's not even really had his debut yet in, in some ways. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so it's a sad thing for him as well. Uh, but he got the win. That's one the of the other. Absolutely. And one of the other um, UFC debuts, um, which was uh, a real, real, Real shame to see was Sam Patterson uh, yeah. versus uh, you know Ashmov and <clears throat> Sam got caught unfortunately uh, in the first round and I think a lot of the the sort of focus on you know how heavy that shot must have been because he was still wrestling with with, with Mark Goddard uh, for for what seemed to be quite a while after that I think it was only when his his corner kind of sort of managed to sort of you know. Get get in his ear and start to kind of sort of tell him that it's over. Um, was was, you know, I, I, I guess the wires were starting to untangle at that point in in, in his brain. But um, it was horrible to see because um, there was a lot of lot of attention and excitement um, for Sam Patterson and his MMA people get caught. Uh, and I'm sure he's still got. He's a very young lad and he's a serious prospect. And I think, you know. He'll uh, he'll he'll be back, and I'm really interested to, to to watch that journey. And uh, yeah, and an, an unfortunate uh, start uh, in in your hometown at the O2. But um, yeah, wish him all the best. Absolutely, yeah. So you mentioned uh, the knee injury of uh, um, Todorovic. Um, I mean, at the end of the night at the post-fight press conference, we see uh, Mohammed Makayev. Um, chatting to Dana uh, on crutches. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm surprised there's a leg even left there. Um, we obviously were talking about his fight against Jafel Filo, um, which obviously everybody is uh, very aware of of how good Makayev's record is, you know, his amateur record, you know, he's, he's a, a serious prospect that everybody's been watching for a long time now. I mentioned, I think on his last fight or maybe the fight before that, that he's, he's wrestling. He's, he's ridiculous, yep. but, but he's not in exciting fights. And, and I, and I, and I, just wonder about 
are them fans going to be on board? And what's he, is he going to have a highlight reel? Like, what's his highlight reel? Well, I think in, um, in Brave, I think he had a few good finishes. And obviously, yeah. his first ever um, UFC fight against Cody Durden was... That was what we were all expecting, yeah. wasn't it? That was like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. he hit him with a flying knee and then a guillotine choke. And it was super quick. And it opened up that March card of last year. And it was yeah. fireworks from the off. And everyone was like, wow. And then, as you so, say, since then, it's it's maybe not been as exciting. I mean, he's still got a finish against Malcolm Gordon. Um, yeah, but it, it wasn't an exciting fight. No, no one's ever going to go, oh, do you remember of Gordon? Like... No, and like, and, and when when it comes to you know Makayev getting his shot, then I think when people look back, uh, and and start sort of showing highlights of his career, I, I, I yeah, I, I I just think look, this fight had he's, moments he's, though, didn't it? Like overall, overall, uh, you could argue yeah. that no, it wasn't the most exciting fight and, and all that stuff is dominant ground control, blah, 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 blah. But that horrific knee bar or leg lock or whatever it was, that that is something that I think will live on in people's memories. It's like, how the hell did he not tap to that? His, his, his leg was bending the wrong way. And he said in the post press conference, well, that's a very fair point and something we can get onto. But he was saying into the, in the press conference that he was hearing cracking in his knee and then he just didn't tap. He tried to get out of it. And then Philo adjusted the lock, got it tighter, pulled again, and he felt further cracking in the knee. And he was like, okay, my knee's going to rip now. And somehow... He managed to get out of it and basically on one leg because he said his neck was just gone. He was ended up ended up taking his back and uh, <laughs> doing damage. And I think it was a neck crank in the end. I don't think it was necessarily. It under, was a neck it crank. It wasn't under the chin, was it? But yeah. um, that was that that was unbelievable. And that's the type of stuff that builds the mystique of you as a fighter. I think where people go, this guy is tough as nails. He won't tap. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. I, um, <laughs> I did you see. Richard and Gilbert Melendez at this point. No. So I looked over because I could hear Richard going, no, no, no. And they both had their hands in front of their faces. These are killers. This is Richard Evans and Gilbert Melendez. They both had their hands over their face going, oh, God, no, no, no. I did not want to see that leg bending the wrong way. And look, you know, you you can look at this two ways. You can go, right, Mohamed Mikhaev is hard as nails an absolute hero. He mm-hmm. took that to then get up and, and come out of that and then get the neck crank and get the win. Um, or you can go, well, what? yes, you got the win, but at what cost is that? You want to be the youngest champion in the UFC. Have you just sent that journey off the rails now? Because as he, how long is that going to take to recover from? Like you see him when... For some reason, he tried to get up on and got up on top of the cage, and it's like, "Oh my God, what are you doing?" Like, and and then you see him on the crutch. You know, we see him on crutches at the post fight, and uh, and you just think, right, how much damage have you just done to your knee and and essentially your career by by, by not tapping? And yeah, I I, I wonder. I um, what? The, yeah, I don't know. I, but I mean, what you could is. say is is that. Um, Either way, 
the chance of him being the youngest ever champion and breaking John Jones's record, that would have been out the window with a loss as well, probably. Yeah. That would have set him back. Yeah. I mean, he, he could Good have point. got back quicker. Good point. He probably would have got back quicker and fought quicker yeah. and, and maybe improved. And if things had magically fallen in his favour, maybe it was still in. If something yeah. fell through and he stepped in on late notice for it to, for a highly ranked opponent, mm. um, then maybe. But but either way, it was probably done. But now, I mean, I, I haven't heard any updates on exactly what the damage is or exactly how long he'll be yeah. out for. Hopefully, it's not as bad as it looked. But yeah. it looked... His leg was bent the oh, wrong way, Blake. It, it, looked, <laughs> it looked so nasty. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I think the youngest ever champ could be out the window now, yeah, because I think that he's going to take time to recover from. But when he comes back, he's still the undefeated yeah. Mohamed Makayev that, you know, didn't tap to that knee bar. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So... Maybe that, that maybe there's something in that. So even though he may not break John Jones's record, he can still go on and be a champion as long as that knee repairs well. Absolutely. So um, one of the things that did um, uh, uh, appear to happen at the uh, media day was an ongoing beef between Mohamed Makayev and Jake Hadley, yeah. um, and apparently uh, Makayev. Um, Sort of stepped up to 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 Hadley and his and his team and Hadley's dad st- apparently sort of stepped in front of Jake and um uh, and, and 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 Jake was quite fired up at the press com at the uh, media day press conference. He was saying, you know, what are you doing? Like we're we're professional athletes. Like you know, the, the, this is you know we we, should, we we can't be fighting you know in the in the hotel. Oh, uh, you know, we we're going to end up sort of spoiling our fights, getting injured. You know, you know, yeah. All, you know, and, and talking sense. Yeah. Um, Makayev seemed more focused on on just kind of slating Hadley and and also saying, you know, you hide behind your dad and and, and things like that. And, and and I tell you what, if there's some beef there, which clearly there is, that's been ongoing for a long time, yeah. and a lot of people were, were when they're interviewing Jake Hadley were asking him about Mohammed Makayev, and and it must be a thorn in his side that. Every time, you know, he, he's probably being asked about his career, that name is always going to be thrown around as well. I don't know. Isn't it a good thing? Sh- well. If you're Jake Hadley so and you're I, only like two, three fights into your UFC career and there's all this hype around someone that keeps getting mentioned around the same stuff as you, that only boosts you, I think. Um so yeah, I, I think it's maybe a good thing. And, he, and don't get me, this isn't one-sided. Like Jake Hadley had a lot of words for Makayev as well. Like yeah. he was calling them all sorts of names and stuff. So you know, I don't. This isn't one-sided. It seems as the beef goes both ways. They both don't like each other. What were you going to say? But you know, if you start looking at uh, what was going on last, you know, at, at the, the fight, yes, he got that submission neck crank. Um, Jake Hadley at catchweight, Malcolm Gordon coming way over. Mm. Jake Hadley absolutely obliterated him with a fucking peach of a body shot uh, in the first round. Uh, fight of the night. Um, I think he, 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 got, he got, uh, was it fight of the night? He got a bonus anyway. Uh, performance of the night or whatever. Um, and yeah. Looked way more exciting than uh, than what we got. 
uh, in the first two rounds from Mohamed Mikhaev, I thought. Uh, so I'm hoping that, that that beef does sort of continue a little bit. And uh, and, and obviously we hope that um, Mikhaev heals up and, uh, and and continues on his tear. Uh, and I'd like to see that, that, that tear move into um, Mikhaev and Hadley. I know we spoke about... Uh, Lerone and, and Nate and not wanting to see two British prospects go head to head, but the beef that's there, I'm up for it. I want to see it. And uh, yeah, there's different there's different types, isn't it? This seems to be a long running thing where yeah. this probably needs to get settled. Um, yeah, and you know, if if Jake Hadley gets a few wins before Makayev comes back from injury. This could be a really interesting, like, ranked fight between two ranked British guys. And it seems like the beef needs to be settled. With Lerone and, yeah. and Nathaniel Wood, my problem was it was there was no beef there. Everything was fine. Until you asked the question. Until I asked the question at the media day. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, all I said to Lerone, I, I don't know if he'd had a bad morning at the wake cut. I, I don't know what it was, but I, I said to him, you know, we we had Nathaniel on the show for the the pre two eight five card, and um, we were chatting to him, and you know he was injured, he couldn't make the fight. He had nothing but kind words for Lerone, he, and and I said this to Lerone. I said, you know, he wishes you well, he wants you to win your fight, but he still wants to fight with you. Does that make sense, or have you gone past that now? You pulled the pin out the grenade there, didn't you? Well, I didn't think there was a grenade in my hand, but surely, yeah, something went off. Um, And then, yeah, I asked just that question, and you can check it out on our socials. I'm genuinely, I felt like it was quite nice, and I was, you know, supportive of both of them. It was, it was totally Um, nice. And then the response back was, he he seemed to be very, you know, where's Nathaniel Wood? He was sparring a few weeks ago. He could have made the fight. I've made fights with injuries. Why isn't he here? All that kind of stuff. And that then blew up into a Twitter war between the two of them where they've been going back and forth ever since. And it seems to be getting yeah. worse and worse between the two of them. Um, yeah. And it feels like now that fight has gone from a fight I don't need to see because I like them both and I don't want to see them compete to a fight where, well, maybe this has to happen now because... Because it's, of you! Not because of me! I didn't, I didn't intend <laughs> for this to happen. This is, you know, this is a bit, it was a very innocent You're question. walking around the playground going, Nathaniel, that, that Lerone, like, <laughs> he reckons he can have you. <laughs> Genu- genuinely. Oh, if, I mean, do you no, know what? If I we were sitting there laughing, weren't we? Because... If I of you listening, please, just to make up. And I didn't mean it. And I'm sorry. And I'm just like, I, I'm quite happy for you guys to make up and just crack on with your careers. I don't, I don't, I don't need to see the fight. But it does seem like what there's there's, a, there's um there's an appetite for it more now than what yeah, there was before yeah. because now it seems like there's a grudge or or, or a score to be yeah. settled rather yeah, than yeah, just yeah. two Brits in the cage together. So who knows what absolutely happen. who knows we were, we were sitting there and I and I I think I looked on Twitter and I was like oh god and I was like look and and then it just carried on it was like oh my god like and 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 obviously like. I obviously like to wind you up, and I was like, oh, look what you've done. But obviously you watch it back, and it's like, sends his best. Like, you know, still interested in that fight? And, yeah, like you say, it just went... It was all 
shit. But as you know, like, like, here? I'm if you if you don't know this, I'm quite a worrier. Like I worry about a lot of stuff in life way more than I should. And Stu knows that all too well. So he's immediately like, Oh, have you seen this? Oh, look what you've done. Oh, you definitely shouldn't have asked that question, mate. That was that was out of order of you, really. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't mean to. It was just a normal question. Um, oh, love it. But there. you know, we we love Lerone and we and we love Mo. You know, former uh, guests of the show, both absolute. Uh, class fighters and uh, and if that fight happens great if it doesn't and they both continue on their journey great um but yeah it, it, it did make me laugh that you asked that question and then it just seemed to erupt oh, um, um other fights we want to touch on is lerone obviously fought gabriel oh oh okay oh, sorry yeah no yeah we just talked about lerone against Ga- uh, gabriel santos but i mean gabriel santos for a guy coming in on his debut really made a good account of himself but I, I, but I think Lerone probably won't get the credit for this win that he probably deserves because he's fighting mm. a guy that was a debut in in, in the UFC. But, yeah. but he was an undefeated guy, a really he was no good joke. guy. I think was he previously an LFA champion? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think, I think it was, if I've got that wrong, sorry, I've got it up in front of me. But, yeah, um, no, you, I don't think you have. Yeah, I mean, so you know, he's fighting a really good guy there, dangerous mm. guy. Yes, Gabriel Santos has come in on really short notice, but Larone's taken that fight on really short notice as well. And it was a tricky fight, but Larone definitely won that fight and put on, you know, one of the better fights of the night, if not maybe the second best fight of the night behind um, behind Gaethje Fazif. So, uh, so yeah. credit to Larone. Well done, him. He keeps his O. And uh, striking's incredible. Yeah, I mean, and from his perspective, in terms of the Nathaniel Wood thing, if if I'm Larone Murphy. You probably do think you deserve a ranked opponent now, and, and you're right to think yeah. that. You know, he he should be looking at, at ranked guys now. I mean, if if the Nathaniel Wood grudge match thing happens, fine, great. It'll be like a good British story, and you know, fans will get behind it, and it will have uh, more buzz about it than maybe a lot of fights either of those guys would have otherwise. Um, but for sure, if Lerone thinks I just deserve the ranked opponent, I wouldn't argue with that at all. I think he does deserve the ranked opponent as well. Yeah, so just to uh, clarify, uh, fight of the night was uh, Gaethje Fiziev. Yep. Uh, um, performances of the night went to uh, Gunner uh, and Jake Hadley. Yep. Um, you want to talk about, uh, it's time to let's go JoJo, right? Let's go JoJo. Because uh, she was on a free fight losing streak. Things were not looking good for her. She hasn't mm. fought in the UK for a really long time. Scotland's own JoJo Wood now. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think it was... A tight fight in points, but I think uh, JoJo was winning throughout. But in the end of, I think, round three, she got her on the floor and made her stand up with only 15 seconds to go. And I was like, no, mm. JoJo, you should have finished on... T- in, my, yeah. in my head, I was like, no, just jump on top of her, finish on top, land a little bit of ground pound. It looks good in front of judges, all that kind of stuff. But she got her up and let her have a, a chance again. And I was like, oh, that's mm. got to be a mistake, surely. And then JoJo just went into Terminator mode and just went forward and landed some big strikes to really cement yeah. that she won that round. So she proved me wrong there. She was great. She uh, won a split decision. Um, ended a free fight losing streak as well, which I think is really important for JoJo Wood. And then in the press conference, uh, I asked Dana White about... Um, Jojo because she's only got one fight left on her contract now and I hope it's music to Jojo's ears that Dana was saying we love Jojo we love her we will get her a new contract so that 
is really lovely news. It's great for fans of Jojo Wood, great for the UFC, great for Jojo herself. So, yeah, mm. congratulations to her. I think she should be getting a new contract now, which is great. Uh, yeah. And then there was a bit of controversy over the Jai Herbert mm. uh, situation because like Leon Edwards, Team Renegade, another point deduction yeah. in their fight, this time yeah. for a low blow. However, as much as Leon's well, one it, was yeah. pretty solid, well, was, this one it, was a bit more debatable. But it was multiple groin strikes, wasn't it? Two or so, more, yeah. I, I, yeah. So I, I think the first one was legit, if I'm right. Yeah, and then so. the second one, from from what I could hear that was banding around, was it was more sort of on his hip. Yeah. I mean, it was under like the belt line of the shorts, but I would say it wasn't low. It was because, uh, you know, it was it was on like the hip. It was on like the hip flexor yeah. or whatever, you know, top of the leg almost. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't I don't think that was the right call. I doubt that anything like that can get appealed. I think it will go down as a draw and stay as a draw. But really, I think anyone looking at that should be going, John Herbert won that fight because that point deduction yeah. cost him and that yeah. wasn't necessarily a fair point deduction because it, it wasn't yeah. really a low blow. And Jai's put stuff out on his socials about that and, and I would back him. I would say that it it wasn't necessarily worthy of a point deduction. Um so, yeah, I think Jai was really cheated out of his win money there. I don't know if anything's happened yeah. behind the scenes, but I think he's certainly got a claim to be saying to the UFC brass, hey, come on, you should give me my win money because I was robbed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and the last fight to talk about, uh, which opened the card, um, uh, Veronica Hardy, yeah. uh, wife of friend of the show, Dan Hardy. Um, oh, absolute... Uh, Scalder, Scalder, yeah. and uh, uh, Juliana Miller, and yeah, just phenomenal. And one of the greatest photos um, and moments of the night for me was was seeing uh, Dan there as well. Um, walk into the octagon after um, that the, the, the fight ended, pick her up, walk round, and we posted a picture on our socials this morning of uh of, of just that embrace uh in the middle of the ring yeah, and uh just be- beautiful a really lovely moment um you know everybody um is a big fan of dan uh and and to see veronica come through and get such a solid performance uh just great what perfect way to start a, a uk card yep yep she was a big underdog as well i think um and yeah. so, yeah, for her to get that win in such dominant fashion, that was fantastic. Yeah. And I think uh, I saw a little bit on socials. I, I wasn't there, but I saw a little bit on the socials in her her post-fight interview uh, where she was, uh, or press conference, where she was saying that it's like having a cheat code because you've got Dan Hardy in your corner. Yeah. You know, and he, he's smartest he, brain in MMA. Doing the game plans and all that kind of stuff, which is which is lovely to see. And it was great to see Dan back in a UFC octagon. Um, yeah, great all round. Yeah. Right. I'm going to go to bed now. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, old man. You can't have a, you can't have a little One kid. of my elderly, elderly dad naps. Yeah, I'm going to go have 40 winks. Um, yeah. Uh, mate, what what a weekend. What a week. And yeah. uh, let's hope that um, there's rumours of another UFC in July coming over. Fingers crossed. Um, fingers crossed that happens. We'd love to see that. Um, was them? Talk of maybe Paddy fighting in July. Did Dana mention I that post fight? I think he said Paddy it... would be ready in October, which would make me think oh, that right, maybe okay. Paddy would end up on that Abu Dhabi card because that's yeah, yeah, going to yeah. be. Um, is you would imagine Islam Makhachev against someone? 
in Abu Dhabi yeah. Yeah. in October. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Wonderful. Okay, right. Um, go check out the back catalogue. Um, we always do um, post-fights and pre-fights, uh, but the rest of the time we speak to the cream of the mixed martial arts community, whether they be refs, whether they be fighters, um, or sometimes we even, uh, some of the early ones, we get sort of random uh, recognisable faces off the TV uh, and the music industry on, and we make them watch a fight for the first time called Fight Off Light and, uh, and see if we can convince them to, uh, to get on board uh, on just how incredible this sport is. But like I say, we've mentioned Dan Hardy. Go check our episode out with Dan Hardy. A lot of the fighters on there, um, we've had great chats with those being Jack Shaw uh, Lerone Murphy Jojo Wood uh, Jai Herbert uh, the list goes on and, and obviously we've had some absolute monster names on there some of the biggest names in, in MMA like Alexander Volkanovsky Tyron Woodley Michael Bispin so go um, go have a right good rinse of that back catalogue because they're all available wherever you get your podcasts for free and we're on all the social media platforms and we've been really active and we've really been putting a lot of work in to try and sort of develop uh, the content that we put up on there so um, go give that a look and go give us a follow um, and if you like to um, watch your podcast uh, unfortunately you do have to deal with my elderly Ed and uh, and, and, and Blake's young handsome uh, face um, you can get that over on YouTube we put all of the, the, the episodes up over YouTube as well so there's plenty for you to do as soon as you finish listening to this press stop then go check out that back catalogue we'll be back next time see you later guys